Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about SEO for health and medical industry, uh, about EAT, expertise, authority, trust, and many other parameters that you need to consider if you want to get traffic and sales. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Brian Kush. How are you? Good, good. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, a big pleasure, big pleasure. Uh, and, you know, uh, I like in SEO when specialists uh, pay attention to one direction. You know, when they don't try to be jack of all trades to, uh, to be successful everywhere uh, i often see that you know when people are trying to be uh, the best link builders uh, uh, content creators technical optimizers you know uh, especially uh, when i check out some uh, job requirements i can see that uh, companies are looking for jack of all trades you know <laughs> they uh, are asking you know uh, who can handle the whole seo process uh, alone you know i think today it's really hard uh, before we start just tell more about your experience background and why you decided to pay a attention to health industry. Yeah, certainly. Uh, we've been in business a little over 10 years. I'm one of the co-founders of Title Health Group. Uh, we really are a full-service agency, but we're really niched down within healthcare and really specifically like patient acquisition and then authority building in that sense. So uh, yeah, we try and stay niche and very much in the space we're in. Uh, we are a full-service team though, so we kind of can cover all areas of digital marketing, even though today we're really focused on SEO, but we've been in the niche of healthcare for really since inception, almost 10 years ago. Uh, I'd love to say there's some like beautiful process that we thought about, uh, but early on, we were kind of in the professional services space, like doctors, lawyers, CPAs, architects, but very quickly, we started to understand kind of the complexity of healthcare. The user's journey is very complex. It's not just like a single transaction, often like maybe in the e-commerce space. Uh, and even particularly here in the States, we understand the health insurance model and the balance of even in and out of network insurance, which is a little unique to, I'd say, um, an agency being kind of that informed about the operations and administrative side of healthcare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. Interesting. Um, I want to start from the first question, you know, uh, from my personal experience. I had a client uh, and uh, he... Uh, had a few websites about weight loss supplements. He uh, had a bunch of blogs and uh, he shared uh, like reviews about these supplements, uh, Shakeology, many uh, recognizable brands. Uh, and uh, we got traffic, huge traffic. And then this update happened uh, in 2018, uh, destroyed the whole traffic. And uh, I understand why, because uh, uh, all content uh, were written for the sake of having it without uh, real experience. And we just uh, hire copywriters and Google changed attitudes. Today, uh, we have this parameter EAT. Uh, can you tell what to do for such websites that uh, was hit by this update? Uh, how to change approaches? Do we need to rewrite the whole content uh, or uh, find another way or probably to launch a new website, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it certainly is each scenario has to be understood and kind of diagnosed within the problem of that particular client. But I try and address and, and take a guess at probably one of the issues you guys had is authorship. I mean, the thing we talk about often uh, is the other concept paired against eat is the YMYL, which is your money, your life where Google, if you've ever read or heard of, if you really have a ton of free time, they have that kind of 170 page quality raters guideline, which gives 10,000 plus 
people that they employ uh, a document to understand and diagnose in a very manual way whether the search result provided met their standard. And what YMYL said was basically, if you talk about finance or healthcare, we're holding you to a higher standard. And that's just like the first thing you have to understand. If your website talks about money or healthcare, you are held to a higher barrier of entry to be able to now meet a search result. So commonly what came across the board with some of those really high traffic healthcare sites was they didn't have those signals of authority, the things like eat and primarily was authorship. It was just like, who was the entity? Who was the body? Who is the literal individual behind all this information? Is that person meeting the, the credentials in the physical world of healthcare that they need to have? Is there then things they're doing in the physical world that make them a specialist within whatever topic you're talking about? We often take that kind of concept and go, what are you doing in the physical world that's making you an authority within your space? And are you properly representing that digitally? And very much in healthcare, you're often not seeing that with things like research and publications and grants and medical associations is you may be the authority within your niche and your colleagues, but if you're not representing that online equally, you're missing a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Available. Uh, can you tell how to find uh, responsible copywriters for uh, health websites? Uh, do you have some special ways? For example, you know, um, when I cooperate with some uh, big companies, even uh, huge companies, they have no experience with writing. They usually reply to me, you know, uh, we need to compete in our trade. Uh, it's hard and it's better for us to develop innovative products. We have no time to write any content. How to help them? Because it's not uh, like uh, 10 years ago when you open Upwork or any other website, just uh, hired a, a copywriter and uh, submitted this content. Uh, because you need to find someone who understands the topic. Can you tell more <laughs> about that? Yeah, I mean, that becomes very niche on each topic. I mean, we have writers on staff that are solely kind of educated within the healthcare space. Even when we're producing the content, we're still having the end source of authority review it. And then to get kind of even really into the weeds quickly, you can, there's different schema language to mark up your website to represent that, where you can say that this person's the author, but then this was pure or medically reviewed by this individual. So kind of giving that frame of who is it that, put the foundation together and then who is it to kind of put the stamp of approval on it. So of course the source of the authority is always the best. Some of our clients we work with and they'll produce the content originally and then we'll, we'll kind of put it in a bit more of a digestible state because often it's kind of very like heavy medical jargon. And then sometimes it's the reverse where we're producing the framework and then they're really just approving it to make sure that it's medically sound. So you still really need to go to someone, even if you're not going to say an MD or a DO, someone credentialed, there are copywriters that are very niche within the healthcare space that often will end up usually patients that either went through like a particular condition or a disease state or a surgery that just have that lens to know and understand how to speak about it from another patient's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Uh, can you, help to create a content strategy for um, health uh, industry. For, uh, because, you know, uh, I often see when the master open uh, SEMrush, HRS, or any other tools, they uh, check out volume and can see, wow, how much traffic I can get, how many sales, you know, they uh, can count that. But, you know, sometimes it's not the case because you need to compete with many other recognizable websites that have this EAT, they have authority, trust. Can you tell how to create 
the strategy for a new website who uh, is looking for a way to jump on SEO field and get traffic? Yeah, it certainly depends on what your business is and ultimately your goal. Like we often deal with medical practices that have a physical footprint. So getting in physical patients within kind of a local geo is the, is the final goal. So I know your example before is more of like a blog situation. I think that was then either selling products and supplements. So obviously, depending on the end goal, it's going to drastically kind of affect the process. But I'll just use the, the former and our primary example around search to a physical location is really you want to parse the intent where all traffic is not equal. And what we do internally is really kind of break apart what are like the search modifiers that are someone now signaling that they're looking for care. And the simplest things to think about are when they're putting in some kind of a, a location or an acronym, acronym of a location. In New York, the perfect example is like there's so many different neighborhoods and subsets and variants of how someone can search. And if they're pending knee replacement with then a location, it's a very different intent than just someone looking up knee replacement. So for us, we really go, well, what's the target traffic that we're really going after? And you don't want to just go to SEM Rush and find the largest number because those uh, kind of informational searches, you're then competing against like the Mayo Clinics of the world where you're really never going to chip off like the top 10 healthcare sites. And there's even like a funny article we always reference that if you ever Google something, and I think it's knee surgery is the example we used, there's that knowledge panel on the right that kind of pulls out information about the topic. And then there's this little footer on the bottom that says, if you'd like to learn more kind of where this information is sourced, you go to, and it's a support article for Google, and they identify about 10 uh, institutions or hospitals that they source that information from. And it's like the CDC, the WHO, WHO, Mayo Clinic. But the way we explain it is, those are the informational searches that Google really is highly intelligent to know. We just want to make sure that the information is correct. It may not be most relevant if that person is looking for localized care. So when they start to look for localized care, like adding in that NYC, Manhattan, New York City, then the, the kind of search ecosystem opens up a lot more and you have opportunity to get those high intent searches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, let's talk more about trust. Uh, how to uh, provoke the trust feeling? Uh, because uh, I check out a few studies that uh, I don't remember exactly, like 75% of uh, customers don't buy uh, if they have no trust feeling, if they do, uh, cooperate with unrecognizable brand. Uh, we have this parameter EAT. Uh, and uh, how do I know that my trust is good? Because, for example, I can check out volume, uh, keyword difficulty, cost per click, many parameters, but I don't know about trust. It's like uh, my internal feeling that trust is good. Uh, can you tell more about that? Yeah, and it is as, as a marketer by trade in our industry, it's always something difficult to kind of crack at because they're never going to wholly say like, here's the metric of trust kind of optimized towards it. Uh, and there's so much information out there. And I think she was actually a previous guest to yours is Lily Ray is really, really educated about this topic. And often reference her and uh, the way we initially start to think about it is in two buckets is there's the medical trust of it, of being the authority of the provider. And then there's the consumer's trust of it, of where are the areas and kind of pieces of real estate digitally that consumers are looking for that trust. We generally will start with one side of the medical. The simplest things is like making sure that your profiles are created and that kind of up to date with information. 
in the States, we have a thing called an NPI, which is basically like, as a national provider identification number, which is a kind of like a social security number that gets created by your state. And then it's often that data is then syndicated to all like the common local listings that we think of as digital marketing, where we start with just saying, make sure that all that data is up to date and uniform. The second side of it to start to go to is the consumer side is, is reviews in the simplest sense. And for us, like we, we constantly do this kind of once a year analysis because we only do healthcare that we know where kind of confirmed patients come from. And it's astronomical, the amount that come through the property of Google My Business comparative to all other healthcare reputation sources where often it's like the last click attribution. So I don't want to totally diminish all the other kind of healthcare uh, web directories and reputation directories, but that piece of property is probably the biggest indication of trust from a consumer's perspective and making sure that your reputation is positive and recent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, so available. Uh, I want to share one story, uh, my personal story. You know, uh, in 2019, uh, my family... Uh, uh, you know, we spent some time on Turkey, you know, when we came back to Ukraine, um, I got flu and couldn't recover for 45 days. And that was hard for me. And, uh, you know, at that time, uh, I visited many doctors, uh, experts, and they told me you need to use the pills, shakes, antibiotics, m many stuff. But uh, it didn't help me for 45 days a lot. So uh, after 45 days, I got it, you know, I'm so young to uh, recover 45 days uh, from common flu. Uh, and um, uh, each year I got uh, allergies, you know, from uh, May to September, because in Ukraine we have some uh, bushes that are uh, flourishing in this time, you know, yeah, that was hard for me as well. And uh, I often get more and more pills to overcome all these obstacles. Uh, then I decided uh, the best way to recover no, to uh, non-traditional medicine. And uh, after that, I started to take cold shower, to eat healthy food. I changed many uh, my lifestyle attitudes. And yeah, uh, after that, I didn't get any time flu, you know, any cold. So uh, I can feel much better in my new body, you know. <laughs> uh, if uh, I want to share the story about my personal experience, uh, I'm not sure that uh, it's a good idea to go to the doctors uh, because they have these credentials, uh, have this experience uh, with traditional medicine because they can uh, write new pills, uh, take them, pay for uh, shakes, anything, you know. But if I want to jump on this field, and uh, share my personal story about uh, my experience, how I overcame with non-traditional medicine. Do you think Google will consider me uh, as an um, expert that <laughs> with my personal experience or not? Or it's not a good idea. Uh, I need to get this education, skills, credentials and go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's a great, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting story. It's a very common one, which I think you get. And I would say day one, if you created in anatoly.com, you're not going to be seen as an authority at all. But the way to think about it is there's endless amounts of kind of consumer patient advocacy support group threads that those domains definitely are authorities. And they have a high barrier of entry where you may have to go through a moderator or your content will get reviewed before it's even published, where I would think about going to that outlet first. You probably have one specifically around like sinus health and breathing or flu 
where you would go to find one that's relevant to the story and scenario you wanted to told and go particularly to that outlet because then you will leverage the domain of that platform and that brand versus trying to separate yourself alone. If you're uncredentialed in the space, it's going to be very difficult to kind of create your own website and build up a reputation that will take a lot of time but you can kind of piggyback and start with platforms. And we see this very much in, in the social space of kind of what we call as like patient influencers is that there's big communities within the traditional social media spaces that have then broken out their own communities off of it. And because of that kind of known vetting of who and what information can get onto those platforms, you're kind of already given a boost of being an authority if you're allowed to communicate with others on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, I think it takes time to <laughs> to build authority, trust. Uh, yeah, uh, at any space. Uh, okay, um, I want to ask you about link building. Can you tell uh, which link buildings can help uh, to get results and uh, to earn authority in uh, medical field? Fish yeah, techniques. the most common. Yeah, I mean the most common we start with, and really it's kind of universal across the board because I think a lot of our clients are deliver physical services, so they have an actual office, is uh, when you think about the healthcare directories that are most common. So when you start from the top of just like um, health grades, WebMD, Vitals, Google My Business is another business directory, all those, whenever you Google a doctor's name, are the ones that are owning the market share. So that domain is already kind of bit different authority and they look at doctors' names and it's a very competitive space as people are going after to try and own the search result of a doctor's name. So those directories that are the healthcare specific ones are the first we always start with and making sure that your data is universal and then you have a link back to your private site and then start to build a reputation on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, what about PR campaigns? Is it good to, to use them to earn authority with PR link building or not? Yeah, that's a. There's a lot of layers to unpeel with PR, where mm -hmm. I think it's it's gotten saturated in the very like paid placement and kind of paid PR side. Uh, but in the more industry term of like earned PR is really what to aim for, and that's where when you think about like if you are truly an authority on a topic. Uh, a New York Times or, I mean, you don't have to aim solely for New York Times, but news establishments that are already of authority are looking for voices of authority. So you want to go to those outlets to try and get exposure. So I just wanted to kind of delineate, I think the very traditional way in like in the digital marketing SEO community is like publishing and going through kind of that paid PR route where that's become a very kind of exhausted and saturated field, but earned media for sure. And for us, we, we do a service that's even like a, uh, I'd say a toned down version of that that we call like patient influencer outreach is just that previous example. There's so many health communities and patient communities that exist already that are seen in, in an authoritative way. So then we'll go to them with our experts and say, we'd like to have them present or we'd like them to be a guest on, on your podcast or whatever it is. Those are kind of small stepping stone ways that then those things start to get picked up by the bigger, more traditional media outlets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, let's talk about uh, technical optimization. Can you tell uh, which tools to use uh, to find technical errors uh, 
and uh, how is important to uh, get the green line, you know, <laughs> with PHP insights, uh, or, or I don't know, like uh, nine, uh, plus ninety percent, that everything is fine according to SEMrush, uh, HRS, or any other tools because they have health metrics, you know, uh, ACO health metrics. Uh, what do you think? How is important for medical field? Uh, I think it's important, but I'd say I, I probably will take a bit more of a, an aggressive view at this is that we really don't think they're that important. Uh, they're mm -hmm. a good indication. Uh, and it's funny, it's a conversation I often have where we use SEM Rush, we use Google Lighthouse, we measure for page, page speed often. But the kind of human side of it is that Google is, especially in the health and finance fields, is always going to serve quality content over any one of those metrics. And the way mm -hmm. we show it is sometimes we may not perform the best in one of those sites, but almost across the board, all of our sites continue to get organic traffic. We really never universally have been hit by any update in, in a massive way. It's because we're optimizing for quality, not mm -hmm. just some third party metric. So Those products are great and I think they're very common. I'm not going to like suggest one that's new that anyone's going to know, but I will suggest to not focus on them as much. For mm -hmm. us, yeah. like the, the end thesis for us is that we continue to get organic traffic. We have to be meeting and, and going above the standard of what the algorithm wants if it continues to trust us and give us so much health-related traffic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, you know, I remember when one of my clients told me, uh, if I hire this copywriter, I will pay 10 times more. I, I told him, okay, then order 10 times less. You know, <laughs> you don't need to create 10 pieces of content, you know, like 10 articles. If you can create one article, but 10 times better than... Uh, Uh, I don't know, like, <laughs> than the rest. So, yeah, I completely agree with that uh, because quality is more important. Super high quality content is more important for Google, you know. For, uh, on social media, it's another attitude, but for Google, yeah, it's very important. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, what... Uh, today websites don't need to do or uh, some obsolete techniques uh, for example in common SEO we usually avoid black hat techniques I don't know probably it works for someone I don't know uh, because uh, I spoke with some expert they told me it works well uh, they know the way uh, it's their choice uh, for me it's much better to uh, go ahead with white hat SEO can you tell what uh, it's better to avoid in medical field today Yeah, a, a common one we've seen and even has spurred up more recently, surprisingly, was uh, this kind of like non-phonetic keyword stuffing. And I'll be really specific is like I've been in this space almost 15 years and it was very common a long time ago to find, do the keyword research, you go, okay, I want to rank for rhinoplasty NYC. Okay, name the URL rhinoplasty NYC, name the H1 tag, the title tag, insert that throughout the article, even though phonetically, like that doesn't make sense. You don't speak English that way. And we still come across that now where that to me is kind of started to become more of a black hat technique where the algorithms are smart enough to understand if you're located in New York City. That indication mm -hmm. needs to come from somewhere else. Your page on rhinoplasty should speak about rhinoplasty, the procedure. You should have a location page. You should have all the name, address, phone numbers, indicating that you're in New York to meet that New York City search. 
you should have schema code indicating that, that you have those addresses, but you shouldn't, you should unparse that keyword and not try and stuff it in, in this kind of non phonetic way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting about that. Uh, okay. I have the question about how to learn about, uh, medical SEO today, uh, uh, which way is better? For example, let's imagine uh, you started from scratch without any skills, knowledge. Uh, what will you do to learn SEO? Yeah, it's funny. The way I think about my, my, my path here is I more started again with kind of that end result where I'm more backed mm -hmm. into learning SEO, but it was more uh, as starting up a business. You had to identify what your client's end needs were and just was mm -hmm. driving patients. And then there's the simplest thing was how do we then understand what local SEO really is? Because we were dealing with physical practices. So I'll give, I'm giving a little bit more of a kind of a philosophical answer first is like, I'm more of a like start with the end result and back up than just say like, how do I learn the whole landscape of SEO? Because then that forced us to be really niche in exactly what we needed to know. But on, on a broader scale, because the community has become so large and I think people have become more and more niche, within all industries, but particularly SEO is there's just an immense amount of resources. I mean, particularly even Google puts out because there's such a high bar of uh, entry for health related searches. Mm -hmm. The thing is, like I mentioned about the quality raters guideline is a, is a treasure trove of information on specifically healthcare search and how they think about, and there's great names out there. I mean, Lily Ray is one of them is predominantly, knows the the eat space really well marie hayes up in uh, canada knows the space really well and they've all produced in the same way that we think about producing about our clients they've produced some tremendous resources around guides particularly around healthcare. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, okay i i want to ask you about uh finding the right people in your team uh what um if you need to choose someone who knows uh health a medical niche or someone who knows uh, SEO. If you can choose just one, uh, what <laughs> uh, what is your choice? Yeah. Uh, I mean, traditionally, like I would lean more towards the industry, so health and medical, uh, where e even to a detriment, we don't talk SEO often. We understand mm -hmm. those things and we optimize as them as a byproduct, but even our services, you won't find like SEO service monthly. It's just, we don't call mm -hmm. things that way really because the industry become has become so complex. Like 10 years ago, you could charge for SEO and just say, we're going in and we're like keyword optimizing a page. We're adding in uh, meta tags and title tags. And those things are all still important, but not everything is such an indication. For me, SEO means reputation. SEO means local listings. SEO means quality content. SEO means user experience. SEO means page speed. So we take care of the kind of the holistic view of marketing, optimizing for the end result instead of saying, I want to learn SEO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I think, yeah, uh, it's better to show someone who knows Michael Field, you know, <laughs> how to provide SEO. Because uh, to the last time, um, I think, yeah, uh, I can see that it's better to create content for a human and then think how to optimize for search engines, you know, from my experience. Uh, I want to ask you about AI tools. Uh, do uh, What do you think to use AI tools to write text and create content for medical field? 
We've toyed around with a few. I'm not going to even represent that. I think they're a replacement in any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some interesting AI work being done, kind of like parsing medical records and like de-identifying them. And we're playing around with some even machine learning on using like post-op notes to kind of create these patient experience uh, chunks of content. But especially like we're, I'd say even two or three levels down within healthcare, we, we generally work with like hyper-specialized professionals. There's just no replacement for the human interaction for something so complex and evolving. And the way we think about it is healthcare is the largest category of online search. It's estimated somewhere between seven and 9% of all online search is health related. And that's constantly evolving. And COVID was the perfect example as no one would predicted that. And basically every single specialty had a search now and COVID. Like how does this relate to COVID? Does this affect me and COVID? That that information was coming out so quickly from just like a medical research standpoint that that had to be controlled from the human human side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, what about uh, indirect factors in SEO? How is important to have uh, uh, strong, uh, I don't know, like um, strong brand recognition in social media uh, or content marketing, any other places for local niche? Is it important or not? It's very much important. I think it's relative to kind of the size of your business and where you are in your growth strategy. And we, we very much have this kind of consultative approach with our clients where you're a single doctor and you're just kind of opening up the shingle day one, social media and brand awareness is probably not on your horizon for a bit. But if you're a multi-location group uh, and you, you've already kind of established a footprint, then yes, it becomes wildly important. For us, social is still one of the smallest but it's actually the fastest growing kind of last click conversion source. So we're having people come from social channels and make phone calls or appointment bookings directly now is actually the fastest growing source for us. And that's just a generational shift that people are going to social now really for all their content and information needs. So those decisions are being made either through communications, like we started this conversation out and the kind of other support groups and, and social threads. So as, as a marketer, there's a, there's a huge brand and education opportunity within those social media platforms if that's kind of where you are in your growth pattern as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, social media is an indirect factor, but phenomenal, you know, <laughs> very important. Uh, I have the question about, um, uh, uh, the question, it's more related with uh, Simplicity, you know, uh, for example, uh, let me explain why uh, I'm asking about that. Uh, I often see when uh, I open content and uh, for me, uh, because I'm not an expert on this niche, uh, it's hard to understand what was written, you know, uh, and uh, how is important for health niche to simplify content because I check out many websites and they use some uh, terminology, medical terminology, some uh, prescriptions, but for me, uh, I just want to uh, treat my uh, pain that I have, suffering, uh, to treat my diseases. What do you think? How is important to simplify content for SEO in medical field? I think it might be the most understated, important thing to think about within healthcare. And I'll use I'll use a quantitative response first. And this was actually a talk I gave with a head and neck cancer surgeon that we used uh, a disease state called the septal, or sorry, 
condition called a septal perforation, which is just a hole in your septum and your nose. That condition only had 14 different variants within a diagnosis and a billing setting. So like the business of healthcare uses ICD codes and CPT codes when you come in as a patient to go, okay, this indication happened and then we found that he had a septal perforation, I'm gonna bill for that. There was only 14 variances of how you could say or describe that condition when you think about the business of healthcare. We mapped against all the different consumer search terms that came in for that condition and then ultimately were diagnosed and booked. We found over 1,400 unique consumer variances of terminology that was what of what they were looking for was ultimately being diagnosed for that condition. Mm-hmm. That disparity is massive between what the business of healthcare calls itself and what the consumers of healthcare. And like the really simple analogy or just the simple concept I think I always use to explain this is way more people know what you treat than who you are. They just know the layman things that are symptoms and conditions that they're going through. Like that septum perforation was just hole in my nose, whistling in my nose, like chronic nosebleeds, like very simple layman things that they had no idea. They weren't diagnosed yet. They didn't know what doctor to go to that treats that thing because they didn't even know what they were diagnosed yet. They didn't know what brand to go to because again, they weren't diagnosed yet. They just knew the simple consumer things or layman things that they were suffering from. And that, that's a huge ratio difference of, of terminology or lexicon volume between the business of healthcare and the consumers of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, how is important to uh, link to authoritative websites from your content? Uh, because uh, uh, I check out a few studies that if you uh, don't link from your content to uh, another authoritative content, you can uh, lose uh, trust and authority. Uh, do you think it's a good idea to prove uh, that your content is trustworthy, uh, credential, uh, or uh, it depends as usual? <laughs> No, I mean, I'm pretty steadfast in this, that it, it does matter. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the measuring stick down the kind of the domino is first linked out to authoritative sources that hopefully have a relevance to you. And I think about it is a lot of our sites, our doctors are doing medical publications so that they're going to like PubMed here in the States or their medical journal or a medical association they belong to. And they sit on as like an education chair in that, in that association. So when someone hits a page and just following that example of like septal perforation, not only are you have to make sure you're credentialed like an MD to then say, I'm of kind of at least the minimum barrier of entry of authority to speak on this, but then it's our job to prove, well, if I'm a consumer reading about this, there's a lot of MDs out there. Why of you as an MD, are you a specialist on this particular topic? So then if you're in a scenario, at least either, referencing material that is you as the writer or part of, or at least then referencing material that justifies the content and the claims that you're making. And that mm-hmm. that's a very high, high barrier we need to prove. So it's very important because that gives an indication of where you're getting your information and authority from. And if you're linking to things like PubMed and medical associations is a very different indication from just a random person's blog or something that isn't kind of universally seen as a body or an institute of authority. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think it consults any niches, you know, especially medical and financial. <laughs> you know, when you don't link to other content, you can lose some weight. Because, you know, I remember when one master told me I can lose uh, SEO weight if I link to others. <laughs> I replied to him, no way. <laughs> it's obsolete. Don't think about that. You just prove your point, you know. Um, yeah. So for me, yeah, it's very important. Uh I want to ask about the future. Can you forecast the future in SEO field for uh, medical and healthcare niche? Uh, what kind of future can you see? Yeah, it's funny. There is a, a now defunct division within uh, Google that was called Google Health. I think it was just like HLTH that they had a lot of uh, kind of vigor for and they thought was going to go places and it basically now is defunct. But some of the indications that came out of there was that they were talking about potentially creating kind of like another search tab for health. So when you think about when we search something and then you have those options, there's kind of like news, flights, all those different kind of tabs to then kind of toggle over to go like, maybe I want to see a different version of this is I wouldn't be surprised if healthcare specifically kind of gets elevated to this really like almost undemocratized internet that like, and Lily Ray actually references this and I forget one of her recent talks that there was a a patent that Google came out with called scalable vectors that basically was saying that they've already pre-selected a set of domains, particularly around healthcare, that they can tell when the search is of a certain health quality that they're not then indexing all domains. They're only going after this subset of domains. So Mm -hmm. they're already kind of telling us that not all domains are equal, especially around health. So I wouldn't be surprised if things evolve, that there's kind of a a broken out section that's more health related, more aggressively than they already are because things like knowledge panels and zero click are kind of not our industry agnostic, but I could see them being more aggressive within healthcare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, I have the final question, um, you know, very <laughs> tricky question. <laughs> For example, uh, if you have limited resources or any website have limited resources, uh, for example, in my case, I can have two hands, not more, you know, and uh, what uh, three things you must have. And uh, for example, if I can't uh, um, uh, cover the whole SEO process, but three things you need to do it in any case. Yeah, I mean, the number one is reputation. Uh, we always start and make it really clear that even as, a, as an agency, like we can't, uh, we don't own your reputation, but, and it, but it will outlast us in our relationship with any client. And we hammer down on Google My Business specifically for physical businesses and physical practices that that's the one thing you can own is that if, if you're a proprietor of a business, you have firsthand interaction with your customers just genuinely ask them that this is going to be something that's beneficial to to yourself and hopefully future customers and really future patients for them sharing their experience. That's hands down. Number one, um, mm-hmm. for us, I think a website is not, a, is not a surprise at all, but even just like simplifying it, especially when we think about practices, when you think about kind of like the entity of you, or I'd say like the, the stock of you as a medical practice, it's really doctors and locations. So like, even if that's all you start with is just like having a page, a bio page that really hammers down, you own your name and your search. And then you own the fact that you're at this address and this unit. Like those are your two primary valuable assets to start is the entity of you and your location. And even if that's all your website is, start with that. 
and collecting reviews. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. And uh, the third point? Oh, third point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, third point, I think it's probably, I would think about it in the sense, a little bit more, not as black and white, but think about it in the sense of like, where does your community exist? To your point uh, with your flu example is, there's endless amounts of communities for every single niche, every single condition, every single disease state is get in there. Not only will you have a massive learning curve to see how these people communicate in the literal words they use. And I'll leave this nugget as a really interesting, we did a, a huge research project for uh, a children's institute and the entire institute from print material, the name of the department, everything used the word children. And as we dug in and we understood the community and the particular condition they were around, the primary word they used was newborn and then infant and then warrior and then boy and then girl. They literally were just speaking to the different kind of blank void. People didn't search for the word children and the condition they had. So mm -hmm. I, I'd encourage people to kind of use that third bucket as a bit more of a, an open-ended research, but get in there. You'll understand how everyone communicates, how it speaks, and just you'll understand where these people kind of congregate around what you do. Nice, nice. Yeah. Brian, it's a big pleasure to get you on my show, to learn from you. You shared a lot of valuable insights. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, I appreciate the time, opportunity. It was a blast. Uh, me personally, I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. It's the one platform I kind of keep myself in. So uh, you can search for myself, Brian Cush. Uh, or anything really title health group the company related kind of more across all platforms or title health group our website um, i'm always happy to kind of talk about our industry and pick people's brains mm -hmm. okay guys you can find all these links in the description below listen us on apple google spotify thanks again for your time a big pleasure welcome back anytime to share more valuable insights uh, because yeah uh, i can see that you are an expert in one niche and i love it because uh, i when i cooperate with people who are trying to cover a lot of things they are not so successive succeed you know yeah uh, but if they pay attention to one direction yeah they can provide great results Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.